Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. Ken Barkley, and you. All right, we'll get to all the NFL coaching news in a couple of moments here. All our bets for tonight still to come. Award market roulette on the way as well. Ken, how are we looking with some of these golf wagers right now at the uh, the Farmers Insurance or whatever this tournament is? Uh, eh, could be better. So there's a. Uh... There's kind of a log jam at the top among a lot of golfers who no one would want to bet on and who probably won't win, which is a good setup if you have somebody behind them. Like there's no really dominant like top 10 player that seems like they're going to run away with the tournament. It's just not how it's going to play out. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, who's somebody who Tyler and I have like bet on in multiple tournaments, who's like an up and coming like potential like stud golfer who's won in Europe a bunch already is leading the tournament by a shot. And then you have <laughs> your your international cavalcade of stars continues with Thomas Dietrich, Matthew Pavone, and Steven Yeager. Who? Your three guys at 10 under. These are all international players. Um, so uh, you got Dietrich, Pavone, and Yeager. And then you have some more recognizable names, I think, to uh, even to golf fans. So like Finau is two back. Uh, the kind of like, I guess, kind of the, the story of the tournament is that Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa were like really high up the leaderboard yesterday like at the conclusion of the at the conclusion of the first round and we're two of the like basically the two betting favorites in the market besides xander and they're like a combined like six over today and morikawa actually might miss the cut if he drops another shot which is pretty crazy he was like one of the leaders basically yesterday so your two guys who everybody thought were going to be really good were not uh, i bet morikawa to win the tournament he's not going to be really good we bet hideki matsuyama for people that want to tail us or just like hey what do you guys have we live bet hideki matsuyama yesterday uh, he is at seven under, which is in good shape, like four back. Like, obviously, we're only halfway through the tournament, so that's really, really good. And then Ludwig Ober, who's like a, for people who don't follow golf, is kind of supposed to be like the next big thing, um, was pretty low priced to win this tournament, but has, has been like one of the favorites to win the last like five, six tournaments that he's entered. Uh, despite being really young, he played in the Ryder Cup. Has... And I've never had this when I putted because I haven't been good enough at putting where I could even have a stretch like this, where like he's awesome at everything. And then basically, and this you see this happen. It's actually like very like cringeworthy when you see it happen in a golf tournament. The golfer literally like gets the yips with like the putter, like mentally, like he is unable to make a short putt. And it it's like you like shiver as you're watching if you've ever golfed before it's just like oh man like you have like a two-footer and you like lip it out or you just like the putts that you should make a hundred times out of a hundred Ober missed four of them over a two-hole stretch where it's it's like it's just all you'd be like how does that happen it's all mental it's like actually really crazy to see there was a really famous sequence at the masters a few years ago where ernie Els, who's like an all-time like a hall of fame golfer i think putted like nine times on the green and it was like actually 
it was like something out of Family Guy episode where Peter Griffin's like Mulligan, 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 like hits the ball around. Except that was a that was a the Masters, and it's just crazy when you see it happen. These guys are so good, you don't see it happen very often. Anyway, we bet him, so that was a really good result for us. Uh, they're both in the mix, and and too early to tell. The bets have aged very meh. If I had to grade them, I got then I L's like it was like the first hole too that it happened with the L's. Was that like ten years ago maybe? It was it was definitely in the first round. It was first or second. I was early because he was like an, an older player even at that time. So I, I don't even know if he ended up making the cut in the tournament. Probably not based on how he putted. But like you see it and you just go like I'm try. I I wish I could think of this. I think this is something that makes golf unique. Like there are. You think about like Chuck Knobloch throwing to first base or something is like probably a pretty good example of something where the mechanics are fine, but the mental aspect of the game is crazy. Markel, Rick Ankiel with like Fultz. the wild, right? Markel Fultz, Rick Ankiel with the wild pitches like a while ago. Then he obviously came back as a position player. Like there, you have examples of it, but I feel like golf, you you do see it. You know, maybe not every tournament because you don't watch every shot, but you see it enough where you just go, it's so crazy. Like everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, like something happens and you do it once. And if you do it once, it, this is the crazy part is if you do it once, it way increases the likelihood you're going to do it again, because now it's like a completely mental aspect of the game. It's really wild. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, why I don't golf. Well, one of many rules. Like I well, golfing is awesome, but this is like golfing under tremendous pressure, which is like a lot different than like me chugging high noons and like, you know, driving the cart around, you know? You know, I just feel like my personality type, I feel like I would just get real. The times I've golfed, I haven't cared enough. And like, it's like, go out with my friends, have a couple cigarettes, have a couple drinks, enjoy myself, whatever. But if I ever like golfed, like even semi, like the way like Tyler does, or even so, I guess, I guess, Ken, like when the weather's warm, the way that you will do, right? You'll go out, you yeah. play a lot. Yeah, it you would reach the point score. for me. Like yeah, you like need, I you would probably care. Don't keep score would be my guess, right? Yeah. Well, I I have I've only played like less than ten times probably, but yeah, like if I if I ever started to keep score and like wanted to get serious and like wanted to be not like be like an amateur player or something, but just to be like somewhat decent and want to improve, I feel like it would just it would just eat me alive. I would be so frustrated. I just yeah, I just don't know if like that would go well yeah. for me. Very upsetting. That would, yeah. It's, uh, it's I mean it's also very rewarding, but yeah, you'll. You have a good round going. All of a sudden, you don't. The wheels come off, and it's yeah, it can be a, <laughs> it can be a very rapid decline once that starts happening. But yeah, it's like I mean, I think Tyler and I both love to golf, but uh, it's just you see some of this stuff on television. You just go like it's because every single shot these guys hit, I'm my best shot of my life will not be as good as like their worst shot of this tournament. Like that's how good they are. Like they'll they'll take you know whatever, uh, two hundred and fifty swings in this tournament. And I guess including putts, like every single one of them will be better than my best shot, probably that I'll ever hit in my entire life. And yet they can like Ludwig Ober missed like three, four footers and I'll, and I'll make those. So I guess including the putts, it's not the best shot I'll hit in my life, but you get the idea. Uh, Tyler Morales, our technical director is with us here on the show today. We have, we have not tested his microphone, so I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I think Tyler Morales is with us. Hello, Tyler. Hello guys. Oh, we got it. That, that's that was upset a, that special. Was as good as Tyler, was like old Tyler. Was. Yeah. Tyler, um, what would you, and maybe I should ask Ken this question. Who's a better golfer out of the two of you guys? Tyler by a little bit. Okay. So, Ken, set the betting market. Tyler versus Michael Block in a round of golf. Just like 18 holes, stroke play, uh, like no other like handicaps involved, just like my, my sure. line two way. 
Yeah, money line two way. Mike Michael Block like minus fifty thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would bet like on not, Tyler. Not I think bettable. Tyler. Like not I think bettable. Tyler would get yeah. in his head. I think right. Tyler would prevent Michael Block from winning. How would he? How would he do? Tyler gets in everyone's head when he golfs. I would. I don't know. What yeah, I just feel. I, but I, I feel like I would get in Michael Block's head. Well, you would catch Tyler like, maybe. Yeah. No, I'd be like, I'd be like, that was a Blocky. probably fun fifteen, like a fun fifteen way. minutes of fame, loser. How's it going now, loser? Right. Blockhead walked inside the ropes at PGA Tour events. I'm sure you're the first person who's ever mocked him. I'm sure that'll definitely be the case. Yeah, I'm getting this at him. I'm telling you, I yeah. I want to see Tyler versus Michael Block. The people the people demand it. Uh, anyway, uh, you better you better hear what Nick and Ken. Uh, Raheem Morris is the new head coach, Ken of the Atlanta Falcons. We don't know anything else about his coaching staff, although uh, James Palmer of NFL Network uh, tweeted. I don't think this is a big surprise to watch out for Zach Robinson, who played was like a pretty prolific quarterback at Oklahoma State, um, maybe like 15 years ago or whatever, 20 years ago. Um, passing game coordinator for the LA Rams, where Raheem Morris was just a defensive coordinator for three seasons. That Zach Robinson will be the offensive coordinator on Raheem Morris's staff in Atlanta. Um, we don't know who Atlanta's quarterback is going to be. Likely not on the roster right now with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. But, like, the, the rest of the roster is pr- pretty good. Like, the skill position players are stacked. The offensive line is good. The defense has a bunch of good players on it. Curious, Ken, like, what's your what's your initial feeling here on the Raheem Morris hire and how it'll impact the betting market heading into next season? Obviously, well in advance of big moves, like who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I you know, going into this year, they were rated like a very average NFL team. And they had a below-average quarterback, probably. <laughs> they ended up having a below-average head coach. They just played a pretty easy schedule. You know, look, are, is this a team that's going to win the Super Bowl next year? No. Uh, is this a team that can make the playoffs next year? Yeah, absolutely. You know why? Because every team can make the playoffs, like especially at this point. Some of the teams that made the playoffs this year where, like, again, in the offseason, if we had said, hey, you know, like Houston and Tampa are going to not just make the playoffs but win their divisions – Two of the longest shots on the board go at this, you know, if the markets had opened, let's say it's two weeks after the season. So a month from now. Okay. Like, yeah, like Atlanta ceiling is the same as basically every non-contending team, which is to make the playoffs and maybe make a little bit of noise and ultimately like bow out to someone who's much better. And then maybe use that as a stepping stone for future success. So they're, they're no different. I mean, I, I just, I don't know how you can evaluate someone who, yes, had a head coaching stint, but like it was a long time ago at a different organization. And maybe that's predictive of what would happen here uh, when he was coached for Tampa. And you could probably speak more to that than I can. But yeah, I mean, first thought is look, like whoever they hire and whoever the quarterback is, I just, I'm going to have pretty low expectations in terms of all of these teams because I think there are very select few teams that can win the Super Bowl next year. And look, and like what Ken was saying about Raheem Morris and his tenure with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and at the time that Raheem was the head coach at Tampa, I was producing for Sirius NFL Radio at the time, Sirius XM NFL Radio, and Raheem did a weekly on the show that I produced, which was hosted by Adam Shine and Rich Gannon. So like, I, I, I don't want to say like I know Raheem Morris, I don't, but like would deal with him a little bit, the Bucks PR staff, and like really, really, really nice guy, and became pretty familiar with the team as a result because he's one of the coaches that we had on the show every week during the season and he had a year when he went 10 and 6 and and like big time arrow pointing upwards here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it was really like like Josh Freeman's kind of career derailing that I, I I think kind of led to a lot of like the the downfall here for Raheem Morris and the 3 year record does not look good for Raheem I think he's what 17 and 
31 as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a 10-6 and season in there. So I'm not trying to put this all at the feet of Josh Freeman. That's like not what this is about. But you would think with over a decade since then, and obviously I think kind of like the quarterback position kind of disintegrating the most important position in sports, he does get kind of like a decade to kind of rehabilitate, to kind of like learn a lot as a coach, I'm sure. There's no question about this. He is a dynamic personality, definitely a leader, the type of person that people are drawn to. And I know this because I actually spent time around him. He He's an awesome dude. He's the type of dude you want to sit down and have a conversation with. He's like a great guy. I'm not telling you that means they're going to win the Super Bowl. Just that I, I get this hire. And remember, like, Ken, what we talked about yesterday in the wake of the Brian Callahan hiring in Tennessee. And right, wrong, or indifferent, this is kind of like what teams do. The Titans go from like a control freak disciplinarian who's like a great coach in Mike Vrabel, great coach. Now they go to someone who can't stop preaching collaboration in Brian Callahan. And now with the Atlanta Falcons, you go from Arthur Smith, who might be like a really smart offensive mind. Obviously, like my feelings on him are well known, but someone who's really gruff. Maybe not the type of person you want to sit down and have a, have a conversation with. Not the most dynamic personality. Someone who's going to lose the press conference and lose the media and maybe lose players in the locker room. Raheem Morris is like the opposite of that. So, like, again, right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, I think I understand where the Titans were coming from with their hire of Brian Callahan, Ken. And I get where the Atlanta Falcons are coming from with the hire of Raheem Morris. Like, the, the team is good. Just can they get a quarterback? There's no reason if they can get like a decent quarterback this offseason, why they can't be, I don't know, why can't they be the favorite to win the division next year with a good quarterback and that roster in this division with Bryce Young, with Derek Allen, and we'll see what happens with, with Tampa Bay now with Dave Canales having left, and we'll see if Baker Mayfield's back as the quarterback next year. Yeah, certainly. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with everything you said. Like, I don't, I mean... I think it's like hard to have a strong opinion on Raheem Morris, Atlanta Falcons head coach. It just seems like the way business is done and the way things go in the NFL and just like, sure. Okay. You know, whatever. Um, guy gets another chance to be a head coach. The thing I think is interesting. Maybe, maybe we can do it in the next segment. Maybe we save it and, and do it like more in full, like in of all the coaches, maybe we wait until the hiring cycle is totally complete. Like when Seattle picks their head coach, for example, and Washington hires Ben Johnson, you would figure Yep. Um, when those things happen, Maybe it's like, all right, of all the new coaches, like who's actually the most likely to win coach of the year based on like the hand they've been dealt to win. Obviously, first year head coaches have a tremendous advantage to win the award. Looks like D'Amico Ryans maybe is on his way to win coach of the year this year. He won the Pro Football Writers Association coach of the year that was given out today. It's, I don't, predictive is the wrong word, but like people that vote for that also voted for coach of the year for the AP. Like there's some crossover. Usually the guy who wins that wins this. Doesn't happen every time. I think it's going to be really close. Maybe Ryan's wins. He won this one. I think it's going to be really close with him and Stefanski. Um, but a first year head coach. So I think the idea is like, all right, is there a D'Amico Ryan's for this year? Is kind of like the right way to, to think about it if you've been following the NFL this year. My, I reserve the right to change my mind, Ken, on this answer. And we'll see who Seattle hires. Yo, Washington, I think, is going to be really interesting, but likely to be starting a rookie quarterback in, like, a really tough division. I I actually think it might be Raheem as, like, my initial answer to that question. Obviously, Harbaugh will be up there as well, but Mahomes is in that division. Going to be tough. Uh, Yeah, so maybe we'll save that. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow on the show or next week or whatever. Uh, On the other side, Dave Canales hired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers and a little award market roulette. 